Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on a Monday. It's a jam-packed Monday. We got a great show for you. We're going to talk about the Falcons losing to the San Francisco 49ers, gashing their playoff hopes. Trey Young test positive for COVID. The Hawks game against the Cavaliers was canceled yesterday. He goes into COVID protocol, and we've had many sporting events all across the sporting world postponed because of the COVID-19 outbreak, just like it's 2020 all over again. And Frank Gore makes his boxing debut, and it didn't turn out so well for him. And Jake Paul actually gets his rematch with a win over Tyson Woodley. Don't really talk much about boxing on this show. Congratulations to the Columbus River Dragons for picking up one out of two games against the Carolina Thunderbirds, and they are still in third place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. So let's get right into the show. Atlanta Falcons lose to the San Francisco 49ers 31-13. to And right off the bat, Falcons get the early turnover. The Falcons are driving, and they're right at the goal line. They decide to go for it on fourth down, but the 49ers were able to stop them on fourth down. The Falcons made three trips inside the 10 of the 49ers, and they could not get it in. The 49ers defense stepped up, getting a couple sacks on Matt Ryan. Nick Bosa had his 15th sack of the season. Is he not comeback player of the year? He's definitely defensive player of the year. He's been the defensive MVP for the 49ers. The Atlanta Falcons could not get the run game going. They've had some good plays. The touchdown pass to Russell Gage to make it 10. 10, but Matt Ryan really did not get into a flow. They could not use the run game. Cordell Patterson was stuffed. Mike Davis was stuffed. The 49ers defense had an answer for what Matt Ryan was trying to throw them. There were times where Matt Ryan was able to move the football in the 49ers with the big passes to test that young cornerback, the rookie cornerback for the 49ers, Ambry Thomas. He had a big play to Kyle Pitts, so he was able to move the ball down the field, and then a big play to Russell Gage. And then Amadeus Zacchaeus got a big play, but once they got in Inside the red zone, they could not punch it in, and that was the Falcons' undoing. Atlanta is now six and eight, and their chances of making the playoffs are slim to none with that loss. They take on the Lions next week, and then they have a tough schedule having to take Buffalo and then New Orleans. But even with all that, I think the Falcons had a successful season in Arthur Smith's first year of rebuilding. They didn't have their top weapon, Calvin Ridley, but they've got to address the offensive line in the offseason because Matt Ryan is getting up there in age. You've got to learn to run the football. What the 49ers do great is they do not have their star running back, Elijah Mitchell, and Jeff Wilson comes in and rushes for over 100 yards anyway. The 49ers are the hottest team in football right now. They have weapons everywhere with a healthy George Kittle and Debo Samuel, and now they're involving Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings into this offense. They travel to Nashville this Thursday. They're on a short week, and they will take on the Tennessee Titans just two days before Christmas. And what can you say about the Tennessee Titans 
a very strong defensive battle against Pittsburgh, but the veteran quarterback comes through. The Steelers had 16 unanswered points, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are still alive for the division in the AFC North, and they defeat the Tennessee Titans 19-13. The Titans had a 13-3 lead in this game, and that just tells you when Julio Jones went out of the game and they don't have Derrick Henry, that Ryan Tannehill can't overcome the turnovers and what the defense that the Steelers provided. T.J. Watt has made some incredible plays. Joe Hayden with that strip sack and the fumble. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked great, and the Titans could not put the game away up 13-3. So all week up to the Thursday night game between the 49ers and Titans, I will preview this game because I think it could go either way. I think right now the 49ers are right where they want to be at 8-6. and six. They currently have the sixth seed. This is one of those games where they're playing on a short rest. They have some players banged up. This could be a really tricky game where the Titans really need it because they have to fight off the Indianapolis Colts, who are just one game ahead of the Colts after the Colts beating the New England Patriots on Saturday night. So I'm interested to see this game. Looking at some of the scores in the NFL, the biggest surprise of the NFL that came out yesterday was the stunning win by the Detroit Lions over the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are in danger of dropping to the fourth seed and possibly losing their lead on this division as they will take on the Indianapolis Colts on Christmas night. Games at home, Colts are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And then that game in two weeks against the Dallas Cowboys could determine seeding in the playoff but the Cardinals lost DeAndre Hopkins to an injury and they're just not the same team without J.J. Watt it was a game they had to have the Cardinals have dropped two straight like I said we didn't have a whole lot of action in the NFL yesterday because of those games that got moved because of COVID tonight you have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Cleveland Browns and then the Monday night game will be the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears meanwhile the Seahawks and Rams and the Washington football team the Philadelphia Eagles Both games have been moved to Tuesday, and both will start at 7. Probably not going to be able to watch those games. They're going to be on Fox. We'll probably get to see them on your local TV station. But they're not games that I'm going to be able to watch. But great for Tuesday night football. Some of the other scores in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills get back on track by beating the Carolina Panthers 31-14. 8-6 on the year, and right now they're in the playoff chase. They would be a playoff team if the season ended. So a good win for Buffalo. You got the Miami Dolphins. They were down 17-7 to the New York Jets, but Tua came back and rallied them for the 31-24 lead, and the Miami Dolphins are now 7-7 on the season. You got the New York Football Giants dropping a game to the Dallas Cowboys, 21-6. to It was a very ugly game. Mike Glennon threw three interceptions, but I was happy to see Jake Fromm get some playing time for the Giants. I was really pulling for him to try to get a touchdown there toward the end of the game. And Dak Prescott, he looked efficient, and Travion Diggs got his 10th interception. He's been the best cornerback all year. Right now, I think the Cowboys are going to be a three seed because there's No way that the Buccaneers and Packers are going to give up the number one and number two seed. So yes, there is a possible chance that the 49ers could play the Cowboys in the playoffs. The Houston Texans beat the Jaguars 30-19, giving Davis Mills his first win of the season. The Cincinnati Bengals currently have the lead in the AFC North after beating the Denver Broncos. And the Baltimore Ravens, playing without Lamar Jackson, decides decides to go for two. And they lose to the Green Bay Packers at home, and now they are in a tie with the Cincinnati Bengals with the division 
on the line next week. That's going to be a very exciting game between the Bengals and the Ravens. Got a pretty good slate of games next week for you. Like I said, not a whole lot of action. The Sunday night game, Tom Brady all over the New Orleans Saints, who right now, looking at the playoff chase, because the Washington football team in Philly plays on Tuesday night, both teams are 6-7. and seven. The 49ers have control of that sixth seed. Right now, that seventh seed is up for grabs between the Minnesota Vikings, the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints. And there's still a chance that the Atlanta Falcons at 6-8 and eight could win out the rest of their games and sneak into the playoffs. Same with the Seattle Seahawks. They can win the rest of their games and try to sneak into the playoffs. But right now, it looks pretty good for the 49ers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't seem to figure out the New Orleans Saints as they lose to the Saints 9-0 on the Sunday night football. Tom Brady is 0-4 in the regular season against the New Orleans Saints. It cost them the number one seed as of right now. And Tampa Bay is currently the number two seed. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints are now 7-7 and in prime position to get that final playoff berth. They will take on the Miami Dolphins next week. Looking at all the teams that are fighting for that final playoff spot, we could have a scenario where the Saints play the Falcons the last day of the season, and that could be a winner-take-all for that final playoff spot. The Saints did it with outstanding defense. Sacking Brady four times, he also lost a fumble. Uncharacteristic game, and it's the first loss for the Buccaneers at home. They will travel to Carolina next week to take on the Panthers. Then they take on the Jets. Then they take on the Panthers again. So the Buccaneers have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Question is, now that we know the Buccaneers are vulnerable, does that make the Green Bay Packers the team to beat? It looks like the Buccaneers and Packers are on a collision course to meet in the NFC Championship. Last night in the National Basketball Association, the games that did play, the Grizzlies snapped a five-game winning streak by losing to the Portland Trailblazers at home 105-100. to DeMar DeRozan returns to the lineup as the Chicago Bulls beat the Lakers 115 to 110. The Lakers are 16 and 15 and they found out they're going to be without Anthony Davis for 4 weeks. LeBron James had 31 points, but seriously, LeBron playing 35 plus minutes a night is going to be disaster for the postseason. That's why they got Russell Westbrook to take care of the load. DeAndre Jordan playing in place of Anthony Davis. They signed Isaiah Thomas to a 10-day contract. The Lakers are running out of players. Where was all these veteran players they signed like Kent Bazemore? Carmelo Anthony had 21 points off the bench. So with the games that were postponed because of the COVID outbreak, the Pelicans 76ers, the Cavaliers Hawks, the Nuggets, and the Nets, the Nets-Wizards game on Tuesday has been postponed. The Nets are the one NBA team that is in jeopardy of losing that Christmas game. But the NBA has announced that they could sign replacement players for all these players that are in COVID protocol. And that's the right answer. Because you don't want to have a shortened season where they just cancel games. It's the regular season. If you can get some replacement players in there, yeah, you want to have your star players in every win but let's try to get through this NBA season and make it into the playoffs. One league that is really hurting right now is the NHL. The NHL postponing game that the United States has to travel into Canada 
and NHL players in the Olympics for next year could be in jeopardy. I talked about early in my podcast when the COVID-19 outbreak really affected sports, when they were canceling leagues altogether, and we did not have sports for three months, and I was hoping we would never have to go back to that again. But this is a real deal, and players just have to take care of themselves. So Frank Gore had his boxing debut against former NBA player Darren Williams, and he lost. I really am not a fan of non-boxers getting into the ring just to get a paycheck. You saw what happened with Chad Ochocinco. So will Frank Gore ever box again? Well, I wouldn't rule out him playing football again. In fact, he is very interested in signing with the 49ers. The longtime 49er running back and the best running back in 49ers history should sign with the 49ers. At least a one-day contract and retire as a 49er. That would be the ideal situation for Frank Gore. This is my favorite time of the year. I love bowl season. And the bowl season just starts earlier and earlier every year. We kick things off Friday with the Bahamas Bowl, and that was exciting. Middle Tennessee State gets the victory over Toledo 31-24. to And then in the Cure Bowl, Coastal Carolina gets their first bowl victory by beating Northern Illinois 47-41. to That was an exciting game. And then Saturday, we had a pretty good slate of bowl games. Western Kentucky beating Appalachian State 59-38. to And Western Kentucky's quarterback, Bradley Zappi, was putting up video game numbers all season long. He threw six touchdowns in the bowl game. And he finishes the year with 5,967 yards and 62 touchdowns. He broke the record set by Joe Burrow, who had 60 touchdowns in 2019. Remember that? team that was on fire with Joe Brady as the offensive analyst. And Western Kentucky finishes the year 9 and 5, App State goes to 10 and 4. UAB in only their second bowl victory gets the upset over 13th ranked BYU in the Independence Bowl. Fresno State beats UTEP 31-24 in the New Mexico Bowl. Hugh Freeze and Liberty gets the big win over Eastern Michigan 56 to 20 in the Lending Tree Bowl. And then some of the primetime games Utah State beats Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Oregon State has not made it to a bowl game since 2013. And the Billy Napier-less Louisiana Raisin Cajuns pick up their 13th win of the season. Imagine what their season would have been like if they would have beat Texas in the opener. And they were ranked 23rd. And a great season for the Louisiana Raisin Cajun finishing 13-1. and So tonight we have the Myrtle Beach Bowl where a battle of two 6-6 six six teams, Old Dominion and Tulsa. And that will be in the afternoon on ESPN. Tuesday, of course, we have the Kent State, Wyoming, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. We have the bowl I really want to see. I want to see Texas San Antonio at 12-1 taking on 24th-ranked San Diego State in the Frisco Bowl. Wednesday, December 22nd, Missouri at 6-6, one of the 13 SEC teams in bowl games, taking on Army 8-4. On Thursday, a nice slate of games on Thursday, not only the 49ers and Titans, we also have North Texas taking on Miami of Ohio, two 6-6 teams in the Frisco Football Classic, and we have UCF taking on Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. Christmas Eve... As always, a tradition, 
the Hawaii Bowl, Memphis taking on Hawaii. And then Christmas Day, we have Georgia State, the local team from here in the state of Georgia, taking on Ball State. So I'm going to break down the bowl games for next week because it starts to get big. These bowl games are huge. I'm going to just preview the New Year's Six bowl games. There's just a lot of bowl games on the slate. I'm going to start with the first New Year's Six bowl game, and that is going to be Thursday, December the 30th, Pittsburgh and Michigan State. Here, locally in Atlanta, at the bins, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh is opting out of this bowl game, and Kenneth Walker is opting out for Michigan State. Other than that, I would really would love to see this game but you're not going to have your star players in this game. On New Year's Eve, of course, it will have a doubleheader of the college football playoff. Cincinnati taking on Alabama at 3.30 in the Cotton Bowl Classic. And then the primetime game on New Year's Eve to close out 2021. Georgia taking on Michigan. The line has gone up. Georgia is favored by eight. I think the big matchup is will Kirby Smart ride with Stetson Bennett And how much involved is George Pickens going to be in that offense? Because I think if George Pickens becomes that vertical threat that Stetson Bennett needs to rely on, I think Michigan is going to have trouble. And then on New Year's Day, we do have Oklahoma State taking on Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. You have Utah taking on Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And then Baylor taking on Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. A lot more exciting bowl games to come. I will preview them all throughout the week. Well, Bo Nix has picked a new school, and he is going to be transferring to the University of Oregon. He's going to be an Oregon Duck. And an interesting note, because Dan Lanning is now the head coach at Oregon, and Georgia will play Oregon in the Chick-fil-A kickoff next year. So, a familiar foe. They know Bo Nix very well. That'll be an interesting matchup to see. Well, the Columbus State Lady Cougars and Cougars had their opener against Lander University up in Greenwood, South Carolina over the weekend in the Peach Belt Conference opener. And unfortunately, both teams dropped the contest. The men's team lost to Lander 83-71, to and they are now 8-2 and on the season. They cut the lead to six, but there's too many three-pointers by the Bearcats. They hit 13 three-pointers, and they held Columbus State at bay. The talented sophomore Christian Chambers for the Columbus State Cougars had 16 points, but it was not enough, and they could not rally against Lander. So they will take on the 10th-ranked Augusta University tonight at the Lumpkin Center. It will be a doubleheader. The women's basketball team will tip off at 5.30, following with the men at 7.30. So the Lady Cougars also took on Lander in their conference opener, and they dropped a very tough matchup to Lander University. And the Lady Cougars are now 6-4 and four on the year. The Lady Bearcats, who were ranked 4th in the NCAA Division II, they lost their opener 81-62. So looking forward to the doubleheader tonight at the Lumpkin Center. I will be in attendance. I also want to remind you that the interview with Hall of Fame broadcaster Scott Miller will air on tomorrow's episode We will talk about the season and how it's going. All right, well, the Columbus River Dragons are still third in the Federal Prospects Hockey League after splitting a contest between the Carolina Thunderbirds. On Friday night, they were down by three goals. 
They were playing the Carolina Thunderbirds in Biloxi, Mississippi, in front of a crowd of over 7,000 fans. It was an exciting sight to see. I was able to watch the game on YouTube as they do broadcast all their games on their YouTube channel. And Columbus was able to come back from a three-goal deficit to tie it, but they lost to Carolina in overtime 4-3 to on Friday. They did pick up the point, which is good for them. And then they took on Carolina at the Civic Center on Tacky Sweater Christmas night, and they were able to get the victory 6-2. to The Watertown Wolves, they're right now in first place. They're looking pretty good. But they're able to hold off the Carolina Thunderbirds and the Beamington Black Bears, which it brought up the question. I, I noticed that Carolina plays in Biloxi every now and then, is that Biloxi is going to be the next city where there is going to be a hockey team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. You do have other hockey leagues out there, like the Southern Professional Hockey League, which will have a team in 2022 in the city of Savannah. So that's going to be exciting. Well, Valdosta State's season in NCAA Division II football came to an abrupt close over the weekend as they dropped to Ferris State. They were trying to win their first national title since 2018. And it was a valiant effort. So congratulations to the Valdosta State Blazers. But they did come up short in the championship, 58-17. to Ferris State finishes with the perfect 14-0 record. Looking at the playoffs in the FCS, the stage is set for the FCS championship game as Montana State will take on North Dakota State. Once again, another championship experience. Another championship appearance for the Bison of North Dakota State. It seems like they win it every year. Well, we had a packed house at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium over the weekend in the Celebration Bowl, but South Carolina State was able to win that. Deion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State, who not only got the number one recruit in the entire nation, Travis Hunter, out of Collins Hill, he was playing in this game, and it was a packed house, and and why not? I mean, Dion did play football and baseball in the city of Atlanta. They were out to see him and a valiant effort, but South Carolina State wins the Celebration Bowl for the historic black, historically black colleges. And I, I always wonder, I know they play the Celebration Bowl as they take the MEAC champion up against the SWAC champion, but if you are good enough to be in the FCS playoffs, wouldn't it be a bigger deal to try to get into the FCS playoffs? But that's just my opinion. And I know that Jackson State's going to just going to be incredible next year, especially with the number one. They actually have two five-star recruits on their team. It was a tough weekend of college basketball. A lot of cancellations. A lot of games I was looking forward to. They were swapping some teams. But I'm going to run down some of the cancellations in college basketball over the weekend because there was quite a few hours before kickoff. The Tennessee Memphis game was canceled. You had the the Iona Seton Hall game was canceled. UCF Florida state was canceled. Well, the number one team in college basketball, the Baylor bears survived a road scare over the Oregon Ducks, 78 to 70. You had Auburn winning a close one on the road to St. Louis, 74-70. to Jacksonville State loses to Alabama on the road. You had George Mason beating Georgia 
eighty to sixty seven. And Georgia is now four and six. They are underachieving at college basketball. And I believe it's time for Tom Crean to go. Tom Crean, although he got Anthony Edwards to the University of Georgia, at times he's shown he's been a good recruiter. Georgia just cannot get the job done as a basketball program. And I don't know what to say. I think that Tom Crean is not the answer. I mean, I'm looking at his record. I'm looking at his coaching record. He was 190-96 and 96 at Marquette, including a Final Four appearance in 2003. I mean, he had Dwayne Wade on his team, so that's not really saying much. He led the Indiana Hoosiers in the 2012-2013 season to a 29-7 record and an appearance in the Sweet 16. He also got the Indiana Hoosiers back to the Sweet 16 in 2015, had a tough year the following year going 18 and 16 I mean Tom Crean did turn around the Indiana Hoosiers because his first three seasons were losing seasons and then he won 27 games in his fourth season so he finishes with 166 and 135 record at Indiana so in comes he took a year off he gets hired at the University of Georgia where in his first year he went 11 and 21 then in his second year he went 16 and 16 and then last year, he went 14-12. and 12. So remember, the 2019-2020 season, that was canceled because of COVID. And he went 16-16. and 16. That was the year he had Anthony Edwards. So last year, he went 14-12, and 12, but he went 7-11 and 11 in SEC play. And he's 4-5 and five this year. He's got to make it to the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, he's gone. Because... They wanted to get rid of Mark Fox, and I thought Mark Fox was a good head coach. And I'm looking at Mark Fox's time at Georgia, and it wasn't that bad. He was the Georgia coach since 2009, 14 and 17 in his first year. His second year, 21 and 12, 9 and 7 in the SEC, and he made it to the NCAA tournament. Then he goes 15 and 17 in the next two seasons. And then he goes 20 and 14. He makes it to the second round of the NIT. After that, he goes 21 and 12 and makes it back to the NCAA tournament. Two appearances in the NIT. And then his last season at Georgia, he went 18 and 15. And then they fired him. He had 163 wins and 133 losses at the University of Georgia. I don't understand why they let this guy go. He had a winning record during his time at Georgia. Spent nine seasons with the Bulldogs. And he made a couple of tournament appearances. What more can you ask from a coach at the University of Georgia? If you can make it to 20 wins, that's a successful season. He really only had three bad years. And he never lost more than... He, never, he had never lost more than 17 games while he was at Georgia. A very good head coach at the University of Nevada. So I know Tom Crean was the big splash. He got Marquette to a Final Four. He got Indiana to two NCAA Sweet 16 appearances. But it's time for Mark Fox to go. Because Georgia's better than this. All right, I have a busy schedule 
this week. I have a very busy schedule this week, starting with my guest on Tuesday, Hall of Fame broadcaster Scott Miller. On Wednesday, I will have longtime Atlanta Hawks expert and superfan Rodney Pierre-Paul. And then on Thursday, you don't want to miss it, my former co-host of the Up All Night Show, back together again for the first time in 20 years, I'm dubbing it the Up All Night Show reunion, Brad Page is going to be on the show. He's going to be on the show on Thursday. We're going to discuss the 49ers-Titans game. He is a longtime Tennessee Titans fan. He loves the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll talk about the Volunteers and the direction they're going in the season and if Josh Heupel is the right coach. And we're just going to have some fun. We're going to reminisce a little bit about the Up All Night Show and all the memories that we have while we were at Freed Hardman University. And I cannot wait. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a very busy week of guests. On Friday, on Christmas Eve, I will have a special show where I make my NFL picks and I break down all the bowl matchups. And then I will also preview the Rapids-Americans game that will happen December 26th. Now, on December 27th, when I come back on the air, I will recap the Memphis-Americans-Columbus Rapids game. And then I will talk about the season as we get into the new year. I'm going to try to add high school basketball to the lineup. I know that I call games for Russell County, but I don't really mention any of the other high school teams. I don't mention any of the other high school teams, and it's plain and simple. They don't update their maxpreps.com account. So I hope you can stick around for that. And that is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook and Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram. And you can download my podcast to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Casts, Radio Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you all have a great evening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.